you become disabled twice. Unless you're born with your disability, you become disabled the day it finds you. When you lose something you took for granted before. When the ability to stay in step with what is expected of you, what is routine and normal, and thus, it's assumed, right and good, evades your grasp. When you become just a little less visible and begin to count just a little less than you did before. The day you realize this has happened and the day you acknowledge it both come later. I found this to be especially true with chronic illness. I wrote in My Body and Other Crumbling Empires that even after six or seven years, I still imagine myself to inhabit a vast gray no man's land between the sick and the well, the able and the not. So much remains forever uncertain. When do you plant a flag in the place you've bivouacked and claim a name for who you have become there? There is no welcoming committee, no map, and no guide. Maybe I began the path to naming myself in this place as disabled several months after I got sick. I noticed how thoroughly and consistently the world seemed to be arranged in ways that made the very difficult experience of weird, rare autoimmune disease even harder. I eventually began writing a book about it. But I also didn't know what to call that experience. I wasn't sure whether there was room to lump in my experience of chronic illness with the literal barriers I once helped an acquaintance navigate while they were using a wheelchair in a Boston metro stop, or with the marginalization my mother-in-law tries to mitigate for people with intellectual disabilities who want to work in jobs at a fair wage or who need companionship and care at a day program. No one has ever actually mocked me to my face for being sick. Until COVID, my illness never prevented me from navigating a literal space. And yet my illness has created a gap on my resume that I dare not explain and dare not not explain. Being sick in a brand new town made it clear that no one knows how to locate or label an adult with no kids and no job. I enter every medical situation, unsure of what will be assumed about me, my body, what matters about my life, and what can reasonably be expected for it. I have devoted weeks of my life to researching and organizing information about my illness because no one goes to med school to sort through the murky details of anyone's bizarre syndrome. I wonder what would happen if I had to go on disability insurance at such a young age. I look at my friends who have had to apply and flight and plead and justify their lives and their needs to quote-unquote win a monthly check landing them squarely below the poverty line, and I know. Many disability advocates do refer to sick and or disabled people to acknowledge both the differences and the overlaps between our experiences. And the fact also remains that while many people with disabilities find deep satisfaction and liberation in disability pride, in wholly claiming their unique body minds as good, those of us with chronic illness also find complication in it. We can love ourselves as we are and dream of a more welcoming world while also acknowledging that as long as our bodies cause us pain, we will sometimes wish for different bodies. 
But claiming an identity is about more than peering endlessly into our own individual souls and lives, more than commandeering some sort of weird liberal street cred. When it came to calling myself disabled, it was those friends who finally made the difference for me. Disabled is a political identity. It is a term for a chosen community of solidarity. To say loudly that I am disabled is to throw in my lot with those who have already taught me so much about how to live this life with this body-mind and who have sometimes formed the backbone of my own community. Disabled people constitute one of the largest minority groups in the world. Most adults have experienced temporary disability, and all of us who live long enough will eventually require accommodations and care in some area of our lives. Long COVID continues to grow the ranks of no man's land inhabitants around the world. Unlike some other political identity groups, very few disabled people inherit a disabled culture or identity from our families. Instead, we have to make our own way toward a chosen community, learn on our own about our spiritual ancestors, and decide for ourselves what our body minds mean, need, deserve, and contribute in our social context. There came a point when continuing to waffle and philosophize about gray areas was more about my own fear of facing the truth about how my social location had changed than any real question of whether I was truly allowed to belong in the disability community. In fact, as I slowly, very slowly, learn more, what I find most inspiring and joyful about this community is the ability, the audacity really, to name each other as comrades and kin across such an incredibly diverse range of experiences. We are the very embodiment of the proverb, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Our hard-won learnings, practices, stories, and language for drawing together across so many kinds of body minds, so many social contexts, so many varied needs and gifts are my greatest source of hope for what many other fractured, frightened, fraught movements and groups could be. No one has to be left behind. No one has to pass a test to join the work. No one is too weak or too much. Everyone has more to learn. Everyone requires accommodation and care. Everyone belongs on the basis of their exclusion, not on the strength of their achievement. Anyone who has ever truly, deeply struggled to get out of bed is invited to advocate for the inclusion and dignity of all human beings, regardless of their conformity to the ever-elusive, normal, or their utility to the market. I believe that wherever Jesus went, he restored people to belonging and dignity. He invited them just as they were. He challenged them to be honest about whether their striving and quote-unquote success truly made them worthy in the eyes of empire. He told them, with little instruction or explanation, to love each other, diverse and frankly incompatible as they sometimes were. The day I claimed myself as disabled was not only the day I began to tell the whole truth about how the world saw and treated me. It was also the day my fellow disabled friends gave me a reason to get out of bed 
for our collective care, belonging, and liberation in a whole new way. It was also the day I stood before Jesus with less to, quote, give than I'd ever presumed myself to have before and found myself once again welcomed home. Peace, love, bread, and wine, Lindsay.